0: listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org.
1: Good morning. When I looked at what I had to say today, I thought, man, I don't want to get up and be a downer. You know, it's a positive day. But the truth is, the truth is, when I think about this presidential election that's in front of us, I feel more concerned than I felt probably in my adult life. And I think about our nation as a whole and just the tone and the direction with which we're moving. It concerns me. When I think about the fact that throughout our world there are terrorists. Sometimes I go to bed at night and ask myself, how do you combat a terrorist? How do you win against a terrorist? And when I think about just what's happening in some of our communities around us. I was driving down the road the other day. Thaddeus was in my car with me. Don't you love it that you don't need a last name when you say Thaddeus? It's just, it's enough. And I said, Thaddeus, you know what? When men are left to their own inclinations, their own desires, we are capable of creating a society where nobody feels safe. Right? And so what happens for us who are followers of Jesus, I think a temptation sometimes is to say, you know what I'm going to do? I am just going to kind of, you know, I'm just going to kind of try to survive, all right? I'm just going to try to hang in there and finally one day this whole thing will be over and I'll go live in a better place with Jesus. And so we go back into this mindset of survival. Here's the problem with that mindset. Nowhere in Scripture does Jesus ever talk about His followers being survivors of the world. He does talk about us becoming world changers. And the desire of God for us is through the power of His Holy Spirit that we would not leave our world like it is, but it would become a better place. And in the heart of Jesus, He always wanted a little bit of heaven to come to earth. So man, I'm looking at some impressive students in front of me. And and I just got to say to you, Do not, whatever you do, do not leave this world worse than it was when you came. Let it be a better place because you were here. So on this Pentecost Sunday, let me invite you to take your Bible and open them to the book of Acts, will you? Acts chapter 2. And we'll start reading with verse 1. So you might remember that there is a special event that takes place And it happened to be on the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was the day that a feast was celebrated in Jerusalem. One of three. The word actually means 50. It happened 50 days after Passover, another significant event where a feast was celebrated. And so what happens at Pentecost is they move out of Egypt into the place of Sinai. And God gives the law. So this is a celebration of God giving His plan for their lives to them okay so it's on that day where the jews are all in jerusalem they've come from everywhere they're celebrating pentecost okay you ready so when the day of pentecost came they were all together in one place now this is a reference to followers of jesus and suddenly there was this sound (laughs) The, the sound was like the blowing of a violent wind in oklahoma we understand that to be a tornado right Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can you imagine if we're just hanging out in here this morning and I get up to preach and all of a sudden we start to hear this really powerful wind just moving around us and everybody starts looking around. And a few of us start to get a little bit scared because wind can be terrifying but it can also be exciting. What would happen to us if there was like in this room right now the sound of this violent wind? That's what happened at Pentecost, okay? They saw what seemed to be, it gets bigger, tongues of fire. Now, fire can be exciting, but it could also be terrifying. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. you got fire on you right now. See, that's, that's what it would be like. And all of them were filled With the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, here's what it looked like in everyday life. Okay, there were staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring... The wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, I just think they've had too much wine to drink. So, this is God's word for us today, okay? Um, I was with a friend the other day and he was speaking to a group of us and he said, I want you to think about your own personal walk with God, okay? And he said, I want to give you a couple of images to contemplate as you think about your walk with God. So let me put a picture on the screen. Did you just yawn? Are you serious? Are you yawning on me right here on the front row? (laughs) No more yawning, okay? So let me put the picture on the screen for you, okay? This is the first image, all right? What do you see? Okay, let me give you a hint. Those are people, and that's a rowboat, okay? Two men in a rowboat. So I've never been in a rowboat, I don't think, ever in my life. Anybody ever been in a rowboat? Raise your hand really high. Oh, lots of you have. Well, I've never been in a rowboat, but i got a feeling if you told me that this afternoon I'm going to go spend six hours in a rowboat, I would think I'm going to be really tired when I'm done. So here's what my friend said. He said, some of us look at our Christian life like that. And so we think about, uh, you know, just... Doing our best. We're just kind of in our own strength, and our own power. We're just trying to advance ourselves. We're trying to become more like Jesus. We're trying to follow Him. We're just working at it. And we're hoping that one day as we continue to do this, that one day we might even be world changers, okay? We might even make a difference in the world because we were never intended to, to survive the world. We were intended to change it. So you just roll along. It's all of our strength that we can muster, Okay? He said, let me give you another image. So look at the screen one more time. What do you see? A sailboat. Very different, isn't it? He said, what if instead of seeing your walk with God like a rowboat, you saw it more like a sailboat? And what you wanted to do is just catch the wind of the Spirit. Now, it's not to say that there's no work on a sailboat because there is work on a sailboat, right? But here's the deal. The power to move you forward in this faith journey does not come from your own ability. But the power that moves you forward comes from the Spirit of God. And God moves you along by the power of His Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I got a feeling that some of you are thinking like me. I like the second picture a lot better than I like the first picture. I like the idea of me not depending on my own strength to get me along, but depending on the power of God to move me along in my journey with Him. So so here's what's happening, okay? The Hebrew writer kind of sums it up for us, and he says, all right, a long time ago in in the past days, God spoke, and, and here's how He spoke. He spoke in various ways, like through burning bushes and trembling mountains, pillars of fire. God spoke many ways, and He spoke through the prophets. But He says in these last days, God has been speaking to us through His Son. So the Son of the living God has come, lived among us, and has spoken to us. That's how God has spoken. But Jesus says, I'm going away. Now, I know that God spoke to you, you know, years ago in different ways and through the prophets. Lately, He's spoken through me. I'm going away. But it's okay that I'm going away. God is still going to speak. He is going to speak to you through the Holy Spirit. He is going to give you this gift, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you and is going to guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of everything that I've taught you. So it's okay. It's okay that I'm going away because God is going to give you the Spirit. Now, if you were a disciple, how would you feel about that little speech? I think it would be hard. And I think the reason it would be hard is because for three years they have followed Jesus. They have come to believe that He is the Messiah. Okay? And they have faithfully given their lives to Him. They have watched Him perform miracles. But now He says He's going. And the way that He goes is really tough. They watch Roman soldiers crucify Jesus on a cross to His death. And now where's your hope? But three days later, some women get up. They go to the tomb and they find that Jesus' body is not there. And then the announcement is made, the reason He is not here is because He has risen from the dead. Now think about this. For the next 40 days, Forty days, that's over a month, Jesus appears to them. He keeps showing up and saying, I'm here. And they talk and they speak to each other. And he tells them, remember I told you about a gift that I promised you, the Holy Spirit, that's going to be with you and guide you into all truth. Going to remind you of everything that I've taught you. Well, the Holy Spirit is about to come. So just wait for the Spirit to come. And although Jesus talked to them about that, it was really hard for them to understand it, okay? They were struggling to get it. But they waited for the gift of the Spirit that God would give them. So I think that there is something that uh, you would probably want me to, to talk to you about this morning. And, and that is that every, every year um, we, we go together as a church staff on a little two or three day retreat. So here's what we do when we go on retreat, okay? Okay. We have two objectives. One is that we want to focus on our relationship with God. And the second objective is that we want to focus on our relationships with each other as a staff. All right? So we play together really hard. Lots of competition, all that kind of stuff. Just, just focusing on our relationships with each other. And then we invite somebody to come and join us. And they share from God's Word with us. And we focus on our relationship with the Father. So we go down to Lake Eufaula. In this really big house, I think 11 bedrooms, and we're all out in this main family room a ton of the time where there's a big kitchen and tons of food on the island, and it's awesome. We're just being together and being with the Father, okay? And so one night we decided on Tuesday night to tape the Thunder Game because we didn't want to make our time together in the Word go short, And so my buddy Jeffrey Johnson, who is a district superintendent down in South Texas, was speaking to us about prayer. And when he finishes speaking to us about prayer, he kind of tosses it to me. And he says, I think you should come up and do what you think you ought to do. And so I stood up in front of the staff and I said, okay. Now that Jeffrey has talked about prayer, what do you think we should pray about? Somebody raises their hand and says, I think we should pray... For children's ministries. I said, boy, I agree. We all kind of gather around Corey Hooper and we prayed for children's ministries. We sung a song together and somebody said, I think we should pray for Judy Dixon because we want Judy Dixon to be healed to this cancer she's fighting. So we all get around Judy and we pray for Judy. And in a minute, somebody else says, I think we should pray about this. And so we all prayed about that. And for a couple of hours, we just spent time together as a staff praying and singing and sharing honestly and openly from our hearts. It was awesome. And after a while, Thaddeus would say, yes, yes. And we would sing again, and then we would pray again, and then we would share again. And it just went on and on. And for a couple of hours, we found ourselves just kind of there in the presence of the Lord. It was It was really good. Don't you want to know about that, if this is the church you attend? Later on that night, we were watching the Thunder take care of the San Antonio Spurs. (laughs) Amen. And Chris Holcomb, who you heard pray a minute ago, leans over to me and he says, Hey, uh, what happened down there tonight? And I said, Yeah. Yeah and he said I've never experienced anything like that I don't think in all of my life just being in the presence of God like that that long praying together for one another sharing our hearts singing he said it was awesome (laughs) it was awesome God was doing something new the Holy Spirit was moving in us. The Holy Spirit was changing us. The Holy Spirit was speaking to us. you understand? And what I read to you a moment ago from the book of Acts chapter 2 is, is that story. The Holy Spirit was doing something new. You think about Luke's language. There was wind. (laughs) There was fire. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. What Luke is trying to do is to help all of his readers understand that God was doing something new by giving them His Holy Spirit. Now, his language is obviously an attempt to explain how in the world this little band of people who were unlearned, the ones not expected to start a movement that is going to change the world, he honestly is attempting to explain how in the world this little band of people start a movement that one day changed the world. Because let me tell you, they leave that upper room and they hit the streets of Jerusalem and the world has never been the same since. And Luke says the way that that happened, you understand, is because God, not them, but because God did something new in the hearts of His people. And everything changed. And the world will never, never be the same after that. Now, the tongues thing is always kind of a challenge, I think. So let's talk about it a minute. And I think the point that it makes is very powerful. So let's suppose that a group of you go to a party for one of these guys sitting on the front row this afternoon... And you're in their home and you're sitting around. And one of you says, didn't you think it was interesting uh, when Pastor Rick started preaching in Spanish today? Because I speak Spanish and I could understand every word he said. But I was a little surprised that he preaches to the whole congregation for about five minutes in Spanish. And somebody in the circle speaks up and says, are you talking about when he was speaking French? Because I was surprised that he takes five minutes to preach in French. I don't think many people there speak French. And somebody else speaks up and says, Wait a minute. You're talking about when he was speaking German, right? Because I had German in high school and I caught a few of the words. That's the phenomena that took place in Acts chapter 2. So the, the apostles are speaking in their own language, but people are hearing it in their languages. And Luke goes to great detail to make a list All the way from here to here to there to there. I mean, if he's got a map, he's pointing on it. From, you know, people from Crete and people from... I mean, just all over the place. And he identifies about a 10,000 square mile radius. Because he's saying, this good news of Jesus is for the whole world. And the nation of Israel is going to take the gospel to all humanity... In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, Okay, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. And when you do, you're going to become witnesses. And when you do, you're going to tell people in Jerusalem, your own city right here, that's where it's going to start. But then it's going to go to all of Judea. And then the next region, all of Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. Are you hearing me? You're going to change the world. I never... I never dreamed the Father is saying that you're going to survive the world. (laughs) No. No. It was never about you surviving. I want you to change the world. By the power of the Holy Spirit that is in you, God is saying, My desire is that you are going to change the world you live in. You've got to leave the world a better place than you found it. By the power of God that works in you. Anybody on a diet? Anybody not willing to admit they're on a diet, raise your hand. So I remember once I was on my way to a seminar with a friend. His name was Dave. And and I'm explaining to Dave, I picked up about 15 pounds and i got to get it off. And I'm telling him how I'm going to get it off. Notice how I just adjusted because I was talking about weight. But anyway... uh, I'm telling him that, that this is not really a diet, Dave. I mean, I've got this speech laid out. I've convinced myself this is a lifestyle change, okay? This is not a diet. This is a life. How pathetic was I? So anyway, I'm trying to explain, and I'm convincing him that I am on this thing, and I'm on it for a while, and I'm committed, and I've got my head right, and I've got my mind right. And when we get to the seminar, the place that's doing the seminar for us says, we have a new cook here, but he specializes in pastries, and he's made wonderful pastries for you to enjoy this morning. And, and the first thing I do is I look at Dave because I know he's looking at me and he's just grinning like you're not going to be able to do it, are you? I had a lot of pastries that morning and they were really, really good. In fact, I had so many pastries that by the time that, you know, the seminar is going, I'm like looking around going, Anybody got any rollades, Rolades? Anybody rollades? I've eaten too much, you know, sweet stuff. Hey, th- this, this change in the world thing that is in the heart of God it's not about getting your mind right it's, it's not about it's not about beefing up your own self will okay Jesus didn't say if you will just roll a little harder a little faster All right, if you will just come on put a little more into it you can do this no it wasn't like that wait For the promise the Father has given you. And when you catch the wind of the Spirit, you will receive power. And you will be witnesses. And the world is going to change because you're in it. See? Big difference. When you catch the wind of the Spirit and the power that's moving you forward is the power of the Spirit, (laughs) you have no idea what God's going to do through you. So could I just take a couple of minutes before I stop and talk to you a little bit about personal experience. I went on a vacation in 1995. You guys weren't born in 1995, were you? And I took a book with me. And the book was written by a guy whose name was Jim Simbla, called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. I bet a lot of you read that book. How How many of you did? Some of you read that book. So in his book, he's pastoring a church in Brooklyn, New York. The ceiling's falling in. The pews are breaking down literally in the middle of the service. And he wants to see God move. And here's what he says. Let me put the words on the screen for you, okay? He says, I despaired at the thought. I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by without seeing God show himself mightily on our behalf. I despaired at the thought that my life might slip by and I would not see God show himself mightily on our behalf. We were on a vacation with another family and I said to, the, to, to Steve, who was with us, I said, you know, I'm reading this book and I said, why don't we see... People's lives transform more than we do. I'd been pastor to church for two years and I could identify two people, two people who had really experienced life transformation. Their names were Bobby and Karen. But in two years, I couldn't think of anybody else whose lives had really been just turned around. And I began to carry those words in my heart. God, I don't want my life to slip by. My, my Brittany, my oldest daughter is here this morning, and and she was in the youth group in those days, and she remembers what happened at that church. Here's the way it unfolded. I remember one morning, um, I preached a sermon and, you know, gave the benediction, and instead of walking out the door, a guy walked down the aisle, and he waited for me, and I talked to him. His name was Dennis, and he said, we've lived, you know, good lives, and our girls have been very athletic, and they've played sports, and I've coached, and... We've done a lot, but the truth is, I've never taken my family to church ever. And he says, I'm embarrassed. I got a little heart thing going on. And I don't know if I'm okay, and I'm scared. And this is an awful way to come to God, but do you think He would take me like I am? I said, Dennis, (laughs) his arms are open. And Dennis and Linda became followers of Jesus. I mean, committed followers of Jesus. I remember one Friday morning, I got up and I get a phone call, and it's Mike. And he says, Lou and I both have the day off. I wondered if we could meet with you. I didn't know what they wanted to talk about. I was nervous, to be honest with you, about what they might want to talk about. What's going on in their lives. When they came in and sat down, Mike says to me, we are not Christian, but we want to be Christians. We thought maybe you could help us become Christians. We've been coming to church for a few weeks with Craig and Tracy. Could you tell us how to become Christ followers, Christians? And I prayed with Mike and Lou Ann, and they became followers of Jesus. And, and it just kept happening like that. I remember one day I walked home and I said to Annette, uh, because we live next door to the church, I walked home and I said, you realize 11 people, 11 people have become Christians in the last few weeks. By the time that we got to the end of that calendar year, 22 people had become Christians. It was amazing. By the end of the next year, 30 some people had become Christians. And these are people who have prayed to accept Christ and are in a new believers class Or being one-on-one disciple by somebody. I mean, we were taking names. I, I, I remember standing up in church on Sunday morning, maybe after the first or second song, and just kind of stopping everything and saying, I know this seems really awkward, but I think that maybe somebody here this morning wants to become a follower of Jesus. You want to be born again. And if you do, you can come right now and kneel here and pray. And Jesus will change your heart now. And people would step out and come. I remember one morning I did that, and this guy gets down here, and everybody's singing, and he kind of looks at this altar, and he's the only guy down here, and he doesn't know what to do. And I'm about to embarrass myself, okay, but I'm, I think it makes the point really well. He looks at it, he kind of studies it, and then he puts a plan in place, and he goes for it, and he crawls up on top of it with his hands and knees like this. He didn't know what to do with an altar. He had never seen anybody kneel at one. And you know what happened next? Diane Seaman, a very well-dressed lady in her maybe early 40s, very, very pretty lady. She thinks, I will not let him be embarrassed. And she walks down the aisle and she gets up on that altar right beside him just like this in her skirt. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. In in the first service this morning, Mike Brooks prayed. And when he prayed, he said, we're hungry people. You know what that means? You know what it means, Stella? We're hungry. We're hungry to see the Spirit of God move. It'll be different this time. That's okay. Whatever God wants to do here, God do it. But I'm hungry. I want to see the Spirit of God move again. Don't you? You know how it's not going to happen? That's not going to do it. It's when you catch the wind of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit moves the church along. Right? So you want to sing together? Why don't you guys stand with me and I'll pray, okay? So Father, I feel like we're just saying touch your people once again. Move among us. Do in us what only you can do. Change the world through us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. So my prayer for you today is that you will keep on being filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen.
0: You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.